wanted the best. You've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by. As always, we have the smartest minds, brilliant people on the show, and then uh, some idiots uh, that are pretty much just me. Uh, and today we have another wonderful gentleman on the show who's going to bring his brilliant mindset and experience and knowledge to the show, uh, along with his latest book, Prepping for Success. 10 Keys for Making It in Life, December 21st, 2018. Um, and Maul Singh is on the show with us today, and I'll be talking to us about his amazing book and what goes into it and some of his experience. It's kind of interesting today going on with the stock market and everything else. Uh, he is a gentleman who uh, works in the stock market and as emotional roller coaster as it is. Uh, and uh, he comes from uh, Delhi, India, Born and grew up as a patient and persistent individual. After completing his high school education, he went to Brunel University, London, with a strong determination to become something great. He started stock trading in his dorm and saved enough money to legally start multiple franchises and move to America. Uh, at a young age, 22, he was able to establish himself as a successful trader and has been featured in major media outlets, including Business Insider, Forbes, and International Business Times. Today, he and his team at Live Traders show people how to execute trades, review different scenarios, and most importantly, how to control your emotions <laughs> when the stakes are on the line. Welcome to the show, Anmal. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you. Give us your dot coms, uh, and so we can find what uh, you are and where you are on the internet. Yeah, definitely. So, LiveTraders.com is uh, my company where we do a lot of uh, stock-related stuff, trading, investing, and finance. Mm -hmm. So that's LiveTraders.com. And then uh, to learn more about the book, there's PreppingForSuccess.com. Uh, but Amazon is usually you know where everybody buys things anyway now. So just Amazon's the best place. Um, I'm the most active on Twitter and Instagram. That's where people can, you know, get in touch with me is Twitter, Instagram. Uh, my username on both of those channels is Delta 90, D-E-L-T-A-N-I-N-E-T-Y. Don't ask me why. I had a long time ago and they verified it and I didn't want to mess with it. Although verifications don't much matter these days <laughs> with all the, you can just purchase it. Yeah, now. you just buy one now on Twitter yeah. or X or whatever it's called this week. I think it's called BK this week. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's working out. People who watch, listen to the show like years from now are going to be like, yeah, it's called BK, Chris. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, so give us a 30,000 overview of what you do. Yeah. So I trade stocks and I speculate on the price movements of it. So there's a bunch of variety of different things I do, but <clears throat> what it looks like is every single day, I'll come in, I'll trade stocks, I'll try to make you know a few bucks. That's what I call income producing style. Uh, mm -hmm. The goal of day trading actively every single day is to make an income. So that's kind of what the main thing I do. Then I take the profits that I make and I invest it into different companies, different stock markets. Uh, also in uh, angel investing, I have 32 different startup companies that I have small amounts mm -hmm. of money invested in. Uh, so I try to back uh, upcoming startups. 
A couple of them have, you know, gone public. So that's kind of how you'll end up making the big bucks is if a couple of your companies end up going public or get bought out. Um, that's what I do. So basically investing, that's kind of the big overview, 30,000 foot overview, investing in companies and stocks. There you go. Uh, give us a overview of the book, prepping for success and what you put into it. Yeah, I wrote that book actually for myself. You know, um, I was sitting there, I was like, okay, what are the 10 things that I need to do in my own life to push the needle, right? To move the needle, to, you know, get going to the next level of my life. And I actually wrote it for myself after speaking and hiring tons of coaches, mentors, going to seminars, conferences, you know, hiring uh, really, really expensive coaches like Michael Jordan's ex-coach, all those people working with them one-on-one. And I kind of wrote down, okay, these are the 10 things I need to do in my life to achieve success. And a lot of people were like, you need to publish this. This should be a book that everybody else could read. So I kind of wrote a book that I wish somebody gave me 10 years ago. It would uh-huh. have made life a whole lot easier. There you go. Kind of like Marcus Aurelius. He wrote he wrote uh, Meditations for Himself. Meditations, really, a great book. Yeah, Really didn't book. intend for anybody to read it. And they they yeah. say that he'd probably be embarrassed if he knew people reading it. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, what a great book. And I think he'd be painting. proud. He's impacted so many people, yeah. including, including yeah. myself. Yeah. In me too. He's changed uh, my life. We said I have a copy sitting off the side here, and I try and read a little bit of it every uh, few days if I'm not reading um, the other uh, great Stoics. Uh, so, ten keys that can uh, help you make the biggest, most impactful things out of your life. Um, what do you find most people fail at in not uh, pre- prepping for success? I think integrity. They're lacking integrity, mm. right? They, mm. they say they're going to do something, and then they don't follow through. Ah. So integrity is doing what you say you're going to do and then Mm -hmm. doing it when you said you're going to do it. I mean, just Mm. think about it. How much our quality of life would be better if we just did every single thing we said we're going to do and Mm -hmm. we completed it when we said we're going to do it. So I think a lot of people don't pay too much attention to the words that are coming out of their mouth. They just say things for the sake of saying it. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of times somebody would say, you know, some of my clients are like ex-CEOs. They'll be like, oh, I'm a person of integrity. I'm like, really? When's the last time somebody called you and you said, okay, hey, I'm in the middle of something. Let me call you back. And you never did. Right. You ran into an old friend at a shopping mall or at the airport and you're like, hey, buddy, good to see you. We should totally catch up. And then you make no effort or follow through or catch up with them. Right. So you're just saying mm-hmm. things. Why, why are you saying that? Right. To look good, to avoid looking bad. So I think a lot of the lack of integrity is the biggest difference maker of why people don't achieve success in their life. There you go. And, and part of it is honoring. It's not just about honoring your word to other people. It's about honoring your word to yourself. Right. Hundred percent. Because if mm-hmm. you don't believe in you, if you don't follow through on your own word, how do you expect your clients? How do you expect your customers? How do you expect the universe to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Yeah, and I think your subconscious listens to you and goes, "I don't know, you're full of shit." So I guess we're full of shit. So we're just yeah. not going to pay. So when you ask your own brain to go, "Hey, can you uh, make me, you know, help me make some more money or help me be more motivated?" Your brain goes, "I don't know, you're full of shit. You don't really care, do you?" So you know the yeah. power of your the power of your word to yourself, I think, maybe precedes the power of your word to other people. And if your power of word to yourself and, and saying and doing what you say you're going to do and, 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 and all that transposes into what you can give to other people. But if you're, if you're, if you're just a mess yourself, I mean, you can't really, uh, you can't really use it to support other people because you're just a walking uh, lie, really. 
Yeah, as I say, right? Put on your own oxygen mask before starting to assist others. So there you go. It's, it's the same thing. And uh, wait, I does, thought it was take theirs too. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. don't do that. I mean, that's what's going on in the world right now, right? People are looking for taking from other people. That's having true. a victim mindset. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, totally. I, I think if you don't honor your own word, then it leads into low self-esteem, low self-confidence. Then your brain's like, oh, he's just going to say a thing. It doesn't mean it. He's not going to do yeah. it. And subconsciously, it's like a vicious cycle mm -hmm. of micro negotiations we make with ourselves. And you know what? Who loses in the negotiation? You. You'll never yeah. win a negotiation with your own mind. That's true. It usually wins, especially when it. Yeah, I've established a pattern that it goes. No, whatever you're saying this week isn't. You know, you. We know how you run your diet. You're you're gonna go back back to whatever. So yeah, we're just gonna take your little uh, New Year's resolution and and turn that into a cute little thing, and then uh, we'll have you back on track the way you want to be mm. from here on out. Right. Um, you give actual tips, actionable tips uh, for uh, getting started on your journey. Um, what, what are a couple of the 10 keys? Do you want to tease some of them out? Yeah. So, and we talked about integrity being the most important one mm -hmm. because without that, nothing else works. Right. But then the other thing is, you know, we'll all have a break of integrity at some point in our life. Right. Like, I mean, I, I did too. There was a time where I wasn't working out at all and I would say, Oh, we'll start from Monday. And then I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh, it's the 28th of the month. We'll just start from the first. And then I'm like, well, it's November. We'll just wait till you know the first of January. And I did that so many times. And I was like, dude, you're full of shit. Like you're negotiating with yourself that you're never going to win this battle. You're the one who's going to lose in it. So, uh, you know, now we'll all have breaks of integrity. The key is not to be too hard on yourself or, the thing that people do incorrectly is they apologize. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to do it again. No, you are going to do it again, right? Until you change it, until you put things in place to ensure it doesn't happen again, right? So for me, I know, like for the life of me, I'm not going to work out. I hate it, right? But what I did is I got a trainer. I said, all right, you're going to come 12 p.m. every single day. Every single day he comes at 12. And because he's here, I end up going and I work, end up working out. Yeah. But if it left my own devices, I probably wouldn't have. So creating accountability or rather than apologizing for break of integrity, put things in place to ensure it doesn't happen again. So always ask yourself, what am I putting in place so this does not repeat itself? There you go. Or am I lying to myself? I'm not keeping yeah. my word to myself. You know, I've, I've learned that with uh, the gym. You know, you, you do all those promises, like you said. And I was laughing because, you know, I've been there. I've done all those excuses. Yeah, we and, all <laughs> and And I've, I've learned that if you're going to go to the gym, let's go. Let's go. Let's get up and go. Um, there are times where sometimes I've done a hard leg day or arm day and I've beaten up the day after and, uh, I don't want to go to the gym or sometimes I just kind of feel off like, oh man, I don't really feel like lifting weights. I just feel kind of lethargic. You know, sometimes it's probably something where my potassium is low or, or I'm off somehow, uh, chemically, uh, maybe I haven't gotten enough sleep or something and I'm just kind of tired. Although I try and make sure I get plenty of sleep before I go to the gym, but there's some times where I'm just kind of like just not feeling it. And so, uh, what I've learned to do is I go, okay, we'll make a, we'll make a bargain with you. We'll go to the gym and we'll sit on the massage machines and then we'll kind of walk around the gym and we'll, you know, maybe we'll get some light weights and just kind of lift them just so we stay in, stay in gear. Right. And that's the little Faustian trick bargain I make with myself. And it's funny, I'll go to the gym and as soon as I walk in there, like just everything kicks on. Like, it's just like my body goes, Hey, we're at the gym. Oh yeah. What do we do at the gym? Oh, we work out and you know, I might start feeling a little crappy and then I'll walk for a little bit. Maybe I'll go sit on the massage chair. And then suddenly my body's like, Oh, you feel better now. All right. And I'm like, you know, suddenly I'm 
you know, going. And sometimes just showing up is half the battle to whatever you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I had the same experience today, <laughs> you know, like this morning <laughs> I woke up, I, I didn't get enough sleep and I was like very lethargic. I was like, ah, you know, I'd rather take a nap. And I was, I got my phone. I was about to text my trainer. Hey, let's just skip. Let's just start tomorrow. And before I press send, I was like, nah, we, we can't do it. I'm not going to negotiate with myself here. So I put the phone down, went downstairs, worked out. And you know what? Like energy just came back. So mm -hmm. it's almost like, you know, you're not going to have energy. You have to generate the energy, right? So going there actually generates more energy. So I feel way better after working out uh, than I did before. Mm hmm yeah. There you go. Uh, you talk about the three questions to ask yourself when defining your values. Why are why are values important, and and what are these three questions? So val values are everything, right? Because if you don't know your values, then how would you ever make any decision, right? So for mm -hmm. me, people are I've noticed people are not decisive in their life. They're always dilly dallying or they're thinking too much about an important decision they have to make. Always thinking, oh, should I make that decision? Yes, no. But the thing is, if you are very clear with your own values, every decision-making process becomes so easy because you just have to look at it from the lens of, does this decision align with my values? If so, mm -hmm. great, I'm going to do it. If it doesn't align with my values, I'm not going to do it, no matter how lucrative that deal might be. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, filtering, using that as a filtering mechanism is how you will you know, come up with your decision-making power using values. Because uh, if you don't know what you value, then the world will gonna decide it for you. Ah. And then you're going to be not happy with yourself because you let yourself go and you let other people make decisions for you. So, you know, how you define values is it's just, you know, sitting down with yourself and say, okay, what do I value, right? What do I surround myself with, right? What do I spend most of my time with? So for me, I noticed I was spending a lot of my time learning, right? Reading, researching. So I know that that's kind of my calling. So when I'm doing that, I don't feel like I'm overworking hard, right? Business, I love it. I love learning about it. I love new techniques. So if I'm spending even at five hours working late nights on my business, it doesn't affect me because it doesn't feel like work because I value that. I spend my time uh -huh. doing that, right? So a kid, if you send him to school, he's like, ah, you know, I don't really like it. But if you ask a kid to play, he could play all day long. So like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you spending most of your time on? That's question number one, right? Mm -hmm. What do you surround yourself with? Notice all those things and you will pretty easily know what your values are. And then it's just filtering it. So you might come up with like a list of 20 things and then you just go one by one. Is this more important than this? Is this more important than this? Right? And you keep doing that filtering exercise. It takes a few hours, but then you'll come up with like top five values. And that's what you use to make all your decisions going forward. And it just, you'll be super decisive. And I think uh, speed of implementation, speed of decision making is absolute key. To success. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's it's knowing what you stand for. You know, if you don't stand for what is that old line? If you don't stand for something, you, you don't stand for anything. Um, yeah. Makes all the difference in the world. You talk about creating the perfect day, setting the stage for your daily success. I've been doing some different things in the morning to uh, set the frame for daily success. What does that uh, look like for you, and what you advise people to do? Yeah. So, I mean, I look at it from the lens of is everybody's going to have a different day, right? I mean, mm -hmm. some people are morning people. They love waking up 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I'm not that guy, right? And everybody, some people might have long hours of meditation, sitting down, chanting Om. Not that guy either. So everybody will have a different way of doing it. Some would, you know, like to do that. So the key mm -hmm. is, again, sitting down with yourself and say, okay, what does my ideal day look like? If I did all these things, I would be extremely satisfied with how my day went. This would be the ideal day. If I did these things, this would be the perfect day for me. Great. Now that you've written down all those things, now we'll start 
putting it all in one calendar. All right, what, mm -hmm. when are we doing it? All right, three to four, we're doing this. Four to five, we're doing meditation. Five to six, we're doing a workout. All right, uh, three to uh, two to three, we're going to work on our business. Now, if you do all those things, not only are you going to have that ideal day that you envisioned, right, but you're going to be making headways into your life, moving the needle in your business, in your life. So I think that is the number one key is scheduling things. So anytime uh, coaching students come to me and they're like, hey, Anmol, I'm thinking of doing this, this. I'm like, okay, great. When are we doing it? They're like, oh, uh, probably next week. I'm like, great. What day? They're like, oh, Wednesday. I'm like, okay, great. What time? Like two to three. Okay, great. I'm putting it to your calendar, right? So yeah. start doing those things uh, is the biggest way you can have your ideal day. Otherwise, life will dictate the day for you. Definitely. I've, I've started doing this thing where what I do when I get up in the morning, I take my coffee and I go sit out in the sun and get my vitamin D and sit out there for 10 or 15 minutes. And it's kind of multiplex where I play, I get to play with my dogs. You know, they're excited. They're huskies. I'm out in the backyard. And so they're running around all happy and playing and, and doing stuff. So I get to spend some time with them and, and kind of visit some gratitude. Uh, sometimes I'll take out uh, meditations, Marcus Aurelius's book or Seneca or, um, some of the other different ver uh, things like uh, Emerson and and uh, who's the Epictetus? That's who I'm thinking of. Um, <clears throat> I'll take them out and read just like random passages out of them just to revisit them and just kind of uh, think about my morning. And then I'll go in and, and usually try and listen to some peaceful solo piano music as I light up my uh, computers and just try and be in a frame of like, this is my cockpit. Cause you know, it's, I, I like you are probably surrounded by computers when we go to work. And so this is my cockpit and, and okay, I'm the world is coming to me instead of me, you know, responding emotionally to all the different craziness that goes on. And that's one of the things you talk about with uh, how to watch the stock market and stuff without letting the emotional roller coaster and emotions get to you. Uh, let's transition over into what you guys do is in the trading business. Um, how, how do people get off that emotional roller coaster, whether it's with a stock market or with life for that matter? Yeah, when it comes to stock market, I mean, the issues that most people have are very similar to what each of them go through because there's only two primary emotions, fear and greed, that move the stock market. And a lot of the issues, everybody has the same exact issues. They're holding on to the losers way longer than they should, right? Rather than taking a small loss, they'll hope maybe it'll come back up because somewhere they read buy and hold approach from Warren Buffett. But what most <laughs> people end up doing is buy and hope. And hope is not a strategy. Buy and so, hope. I yeah. like that. Yeah, Most there's a yeah, doing get that. It. Or they'll buy more shares, hoping it'll come back up and you know, mm -hmm. start putting in more money in a losing trade, uh, rather than realizing that trading is about taking paper cuts. Take a bunch oh. of small losses, but when you're hitting a trade, then you need to make a lot more than that. Your average winner needs to be more than your average loser. Because think about it. I mean, I, I win maybe 50% of the time, so mm -hmm. I actually lose 50% of the time. But if I ensure that my winners are twice as big as my losers, so I could take 100 trades, I could lose on 60 of them. If and if I just win 40 of them, I'll be pr profitable, right? Because 40 mm -hmm. times 2 is 80, 60 times 1 is 60, I still end up making 20. So I think that is what people need to understand is trading is more statistical probabilities more than anything. Yeah. So just like you wouldn't enter a business without a business plan, you shouldn't enter a trade without a trading plan. So that's kind of what I teach them to go through is looking at things objectively rather than letting your emotions dictate what you should be doing. There you go. And emotions are the worst things for business trading or for business. I mean, yeah, like you say, you wouldn't start a business to be like, hey, we're going to make a business plan. Now let's just go and just wing it emotionally. See yeah. how that turns out. 
Yeah, exactly. Like so being out. unemotional helps in this business a lot. It doesn't help in relationships is what yeah. I was told by my ex-girlfriend, but you know, it helps in uh, trading, being under detached, emo unemotional, looking at just things for what they are, black and white, rather than, you know, getting greedy and you know, fearful, <laughs> all those things. I like the girlfriend thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, we've talked a lot about stoicism and there's a reason men are masculine and stoic and we make logic and reason decisions. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's fine that we can be emotional. There seems to be some people that confuse being stoic, stoic and stoicism with not having a feeling and people don't get it. It's like, no, you have feelings. You just don't let those feelings run the show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you logically reason and process your feelings. And you go, okay, why am I feeling this way? Okay, what, what's yeah. going on? Uh, I haven't had lunch today, <laughs> and I want to murder everyone. Okay, okay. Oh, let's see what's going on here, uh, which is, you know, every day here at the office. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I realize women are more emotional-based. Uh, well, they're emotional-based. And so uh, that's the beauty of, of them and, and femininity. Uh, but yeah, I understand the dichotomy. I've been accused of that uh, quite a few times, not being emotional enough, but, uh, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, uh, in talking about doing this, are you, so are you a short-term trader or a long-term trader in the, in the moves that you're making? I do both. So the way I look at it is like, you know, if you're a professional trader, you have to have both. So short-term trading is what I call the income-producing style, right? Where I'm trading ac actively every single day. Mm -hmm. The goal is to make an income, to pay your bills, to live off that income, right? Mm -hmm. But then what I do is I take a percentage of my profits that I, that I invest long-term. Mm -hmm. So that, that I call the wealth-building style. So now I got two styles, income-producing, to live off, pay your bills, generate day-to-day -day income, and then wealth-building, which is for the future, So which is long-term investing. So I think everybody should do both. Uh, if you're a trader, now, if you have a business, you're a business owner, you have another business, you have another job, then yeah, you're not going to be doing the income producing style because your job is your income producing style. But then you should still take a percentage of that and invest it, right, for the future growth. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing, you know, later down in your life, you're going to be working your hours for money, but you need to be saving and investing now so that, you know, down the line, you have uh, enough cushion saved up. There you go. So would you call yourself a day trader then, or what's your short term look like? I call myself just like a trader. I trade everything wherever there's, I'm an opportunist, <laughs> you know, okay. wherever there's an opportunity. <laughs> so if an opportunity exists for me to make a quick buck in a five minute trade, right? I'll do that quick trade, right? If I see an opportunity that, okay, this might be like a five year horizon, like Tesla might be a thousand dollar stock five years from now. Okay. That is going to be my long term. So anywhere I see opportunity, so I could switch day to day. I could be a short-term trader today. Like today I took a couple of trades, you know, nothing great, a few thousand bucks there and there. But then I'll also have a long-term investments going for much uh, bigger moves. So wherever there's opportunity, you'll find me there. I like that process. I was a day trader during the dot-com booms because it was pretty easy to win. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got out when I saw the market topping. I I, tra I, I trained as a uh, stockbroker back at... Uh, was a Black Monday, Black Friday, Black Monday? Um, it's the wrong time to trade as a stockbroker. Uh, but uh, uh, so I always thought of myself as a day trader, but I never thought about you know splitting it to where you do the long term as well and put a little bit of money away for that long ball. Yeah, yeah, that makes better sense to do it that way. So what you're saying too is that if people have a solid income and let's say they can't 
day day trade or, or do the short trade stuff they should they get involved you know they've got a good day job should they get involved with short trading or should they really just focus on like what you said to, to confirm it the long term so uh, long term i think that goes without saying that everybody should be doing that now mm -hmm. day trading i don't really recommend for you know people who already have another job or another business because day trading is an actual skill it's a profession yeah. so just like anything you'll have a learning curve and it's the closest thing to a sport uh, so it's kind of like a sport. You, some people get good at it. Some people are not going to get good at it. But there is a sweet middle ground. It's called swing trading. So swing trading is where you're not getting in and out every few every day or every few minutes. Swing trading is where you might hold the stock for a few weeks or a few days, mm. right? So you might take a trade today. You might buy Tesla today. You might sell it a week later. So that is a sweet spot, which I think uh, is easily doable. I, in fact, I have a lot of my friends that are doctors, lawyers that do that on the side because it takes a few minutes to look at the chart, place your orders, and you can go about your day, do your job, and because you, you're not worried about day-to-day -day spikes. You're looking at, okay, what's it going to be a week from now? Mm -hmm. So I think uh, that is a sweet middle ground that a lot of people can do. It's a learnable skill. Uh, it'll, it'll take time to learn, but it's a learnable skill. People can learn it if they actually spend time on it. There you go. They say online stats, 90% uh, of traders lose money. Is that true? So that stat, you know, uh, is thrown out a lot online, but really? it's a completely made up stat. Brokers usually, you know, published a report that said, okay, we audited all of our clients that we have, and we realized 90% of them are actually, they lose money when who actively trade. Uh, but what they don't count is how many people actually studied. That's like saying, oh, you know, 90% of golfers are horrible at golf, right? Yeah, of course. But the professionals are going to be good at it. So yeah. that doesn't mean it's impossible to make money. It just means that you're not good at it. So same way, because of the brokers, when they counted that statistic, they counted everybody that had a brokerage account. So if my mom had a brokerage account, she probably was counted as a trader in the statistic just because she pushed the, pushed the buy button once or sell button once. Mm -hmm. So pushing the buy or sell button does not make you a trader. A trader is somebody who goes through training, education. It goes through a whole process of learning, losing money, figuring it out tracking your trades, you know, creating spreadsheets, creating data. That's what a trader is. And we do the poll all the time. And it turns out in our community, 60, 70% of them actually make money. There you go. Hey, you know, it, it really is something you have to be good at. And like you said, you have to take the emotion out of it too. You, you, it's a really, I love how you compare it to the closest thing to a sport too. Uh, it's, it is almost like a blood sport or sometimes you can come off a day and you're like, I have a concussion. It's like the NFL. Um, the uh so when you're when you think of fundamental analysis versus technical chart analysis uh when it comes to uh trading and investing what do you think about that like i i've done the thing where you buy the charts and then uh fundamental analysis as well and which is the best way to try and figure out what to buy on day to day so you know if i believe in technicals just because mm -hmm. technicals are objective we can look at the chart we could see where it was, where it went to, and it's fact. It's a fact data. When we get into the fundamental territory, now we're getting into people's thought process, right? You might think it's a great company. I might think it's not a great company. So it's subjective. It's based on your emotion versus my emotion. So fundamental analysis is just anybody's word versus the other person, whereas mm -hmm. technicals are hardcore facts. So I think when it comes to investing, sure, you might want to look at the company just to make sure it's going to be around. Right. Uh, so fundamental analysis is when people are looking at the CEO, the company, their balance sheet, how much cash they have, the product line. That's all fundamental. Technicals, we're looking at hard, just charts. Where mm -hmm. was the stock? Where is it going? What's the pattern? When it comes to trading, 
technicals are the only way because uh you know we've all seen companies that are great companies but their stock still goes down mm. right we've all seen horrible companies their stock still goes up so clearly fundamental analysis is not what we should be using i think mm. technicals are the way to go i mean look at gme yeah. amc all this stuff happened on reddit just a couple of years ago nothing to tell fundamentally for that to happen but it happened because of technicals. There you go. There you go. So uh, let's talk about your company, LiveTraders.com. What do you do over there, and and how do you do it, and how, how do you help people uh, do better at trading? So I, you know, I started Live Traders with uh, my mentor, my business partner. Now he was actually the guy who taught me how to trade. You know, he took me in his wing, coached me, all of that. So what happened was in 2015, the company that we were both at got bought out. So we said, hey, rather than joining the new company, why don't you and I start something of our own? I mean, you clearly coached me. I'm your case study right here. So what she taught me clearly works. So why don't we take that same approach and just coach other traders and investors around the world? And that's how we came up with the name Live Traders, because we were sick and tired of watching a lot of online people sell products and courses and you know selling the dream to people like come to trading but we were like we're going to actually put our money on the line we're going to trade live so every single day for the last eight years that i've traded it's all been live streamed and recorded wow win or lose people get to see it in real time like last week i lost some money they people got to see it in real time so i think that is how people can learn because they can see when i'm losing money and i'm not being emotional i'm not going on tilt and you know buying more shares or how people on poker go on tilt <laughs> they saw me be calm and say oh, you know what we're going to take a small loss here let's move on to the next trade i think that is the only way people can learn is almost like sitting next to me so yeah. we live stream that that's how the name came to be live traders there you go now do you put this on youtube uh, uh, uh TikTok, or do you have to have a special uh subscriber access to that so we occasionally do live streams on YouTube for completely for free. Uh, we put out a lecture every Wednesday. It's an mm. hour-long lecture completely for free on YouTube. So, I mean, people, if just they spend time on YouTube, they'll have all you need to know. It's completely for free. Uh, now, we the every single day, if you want to trade with me, that is what we do on our website. It's a membership uh, that uh. people get, just like a Netflix. You get a membership, and you tune in every morning from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We stream our platforms, our P&L, and... People come in and chat. It's a whole community of traders. We're all helping each other get better and uh, you know share ideas. There you go. I love that because you can actually see people. I'm I'm one of those people that if you show me something, I can learn it. But yeah. if you give me instruction manual, I'm like, I put this. Oh, me same, same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like <laughs> yeah. uh, this is why I never buy anything from that one uh, furniture company. I, I just bought a new desk, and I have the same problem. I'm like, oh, ah, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> could you send me a video or something? Uh, you know? Send me a video. How it goes. I mean, that's that's yeah. half the life of YouTube. Anytime I get yeah. a new product, I'm like, how does this work? Go on YouTube, see what it is. <laughs> video games, like, how do I solve this puzzle? They go on the thing. So I love yeah. that you guys have that. Now I'm looking at your website, LiveTraders.com. How do people? It looks like the first step people need to do is join your email list, uh, the newsletter. Um, is is there a site that has the other access to the other stuff to onboard for that? Yeah. So the best way would be to go to LiveTradersGuide.com. Okay. So once you go on that page, it's basically just name and email, and you'll automatically get a bunch of emails with the login details. And once oh, okay. you log into the website in your members dashboard, there's going to be a free video course, a free manual as is two hour video course and that's enough to get you started and then there's as i said there's hours and hours of youtube lectures out there that we have i think if people want to learn uh money should not be an excuse because 90 percent of our stuff is free we only charge for if you want to trade live every single day so i think um i think people can get started at live traders guide.com 
Yeah, and you've got some different uh, things at the bottom of your website that give references and stuff, so people can see, uh, you know, some of the experiences people have had with your stuff. Um, in in doing what you're doing, what what's your future hope that you can you can build a, a large group of traders to to uh, to to do more stuff? You can change more lives. What's your motivation long term for uh, what you want to deliver in life and make a difference? So I'm trying to create the new generation of traders, traders that are not, you know, like the traditional Wall Street boiler room kind of, you know, people, uh, traders, but traders that are mentally disciplined, right? We don't want the Jim Cramers of the world, like buy, 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 <laughs> sell, 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 you know, like just making it into like entertainment where it's a serious business, right? It's a mm. serious business. So I'm trying to bring that back to it and show people that you can do it. You don't have to rely on a hedge fund manager or give your money to these Wall Street firms that, guess what? They underperform the market anyway. They lose the market. You might lose your money. Last year, most hedge funds were down 35 40%, whereas most traders in our community, because we also keep a log of every single trade I've taken, we were up 30 40%. <clears throat> so we can show people how you can do that uh, without trusting a hedge fund manager giving those fees to the, the Wall Street so that's kind of my motivation uh, for that. And also to get rid of these online marketing industry where tons of people are pretending to be traders and selling courses. Uh, but when it comes to trading live, they can't do it. They can't back it up. So that's what I'm trying to change here. Yeah. They, MSNBC. Is it, is, is it C, CNBC? I think it is. That trader yeah. guy that you mentioned. It's yeah. like basically you just whatever he says to buy, you sell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everything is the opposite of what he says. <laughs> whatever he says. Uh, Kramer said it. Uh, do the opposite. And we'll be fine. Yeah. I'll never forget the Lehman Brothers uh, buy issue. And then I think there's a couple <laughs> other kerfuffles. He's oh, many, many. Yeah, it's like uh, it's it's always interesting, and it's it's kind of the joke the internet has on him. It's like mm. do the opposite. Um, well, Emma, it's been wonderful to have you on. Uh, give us your final thoughts and pitch out as we go out on the show. Yeah, I think my final thoughts are that you know listeners should just take a few of the things that we talked about. But number one is integrity, right? Just without that, nothing else works. So uh, I hope you read my book and you know get, give me feedback on that uh, because what I don't want is people going from one book to another book, one podcast to another podcast, right? One course <laughs> to another course, and you're just stuck in that learning loop. Might as well take what we talked about today, such as integrity, such as taking action, and start living by that. Start applying that into your life. That's how this will actually benefit you. So, uh, again, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, Instagram, Twitter would be the best places. And if you are interested in trading, then LiveTraders.com would be the place to go. And uh, for the book, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Walmart, wherever you guys buy your book, that would be the best place to do it. But go out, make it happen, uh, live a person, be a person of integrity, and live a life that you want to live. There you go. Thank you very much. Order up the book, folks, wherever fine books are sold. Prepping for Success, 10 Keys for Making It in Life came out December 21st, 2018. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, linkedin.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and TikTok, uh, Chris Foss One. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time.